0: I know you're going to love her. I know you're going to love her show. That's Earn Your Happy with Lori Harder. Go subscribe today and watch your life be changed. What's up, rehabbers across the world? Welcome to Straight Up with Trent Shelton. Throughout my career, from the NFL to sold-out stages, speaking to thousands, I built up a toolkit to break through negative mindsets, let go of what's holding you back, and start rehabbing your life. And every show is going to be jam-packed. With tips, tricks, and tools to push you forward. I'm always gonna be real with you and give you the 100% truth, even when it's gonna pierce your heart. This is me, Trent Shelton, straight up. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to today's episode of Straight Up Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Shelton. Today, I have a very special guest, and you guys know I don't really do interviews unless I'm super inspired by someone. Um, I connected with someone, so this is like been back-to-back interviews because you know I just I just want to highlight good servant heart people that are doing great works in the world, and I'm sure you know my next guest. Uh, she needs no introduction, but Jamie Kern Lima is here. We're gonna talk about her new book, Believe It. What up, Jamie? How you doing?
1: Uh, Trent, thank you so much. So, so grateful to be here. Can't wait.
0: Thank you. How are you feeling? I mean, your book has been out for what it's Wednesday. So for over a week, number one bestseller is all over the place. Like, how does it feel to, to have your story, everything you've been through, giving it to the world and, you know, people are, are getting impacted by it. How does that feel?
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, you talk about this a lot too, but it's like when we're doing something where we just pour it all out and we know it's not about us, (laughs) we know it's literally, uh, hopefully about something bigger than ourselves. It feels, it feels really good. And, you know, just on the whole idea, straight up, this is this was uh, doing this book. I, I realized, Trent, when you Google my story, right, you see like, oh, Denny's waitress builds billion dollar company. And what was happening for years is I would get DMs on Instagram. I would get all these messages from people saying like, oh, did you just have this fairy tale thing, or did you get lucky, or did you have connections? And you know, congratulations. But then they would share with them. They would say, well, for me. I'm kind of like struggling or I'm not, you know, I have this idea, but I'm getting no traction or I got rejected and I'm embarrassed about it. And I kind of realized that like, oh, if we don't ever really like pull back the curtain, which is what you do all the time, I love it so much. But if we don't ever really like share the real stuff, like the real stories behind the stories, then everyone else feels alone when they're going through the the season of setback or the rejection or the not enoughness. And so this book was really from a place of, oh, let me just really share all the times that that I did this wrong or made this mistake or had this happen to me or had someone tell me no, or you're not enough or you're not the right fit. And let me share the times I handled it in ways that were good and the times I totally didn't and, and how, like the real journey of how I started this dream in my living room and and yeah, built it to a huge, a huge company, over a thousand employees, all that. But this is like the real stuff that I'm ba- embarrassed about that I wish I had known sooner yeah. personally and professionally. So I feel uh it's very for me straight yeah. up. <laughs> and <laughs> I love it. Me. But I'm excited. And I love it. And
0: that's what I love about your spirit. You know, we've connected in Puerto Rico and had conversations and you become a dear friend. That's what I love about your spirit because you know it reminds me of growing up in the church. You know, I would have the pastors that were just great pastors were perfect, but I couldn't relate. I'm like, there's no way I can live like that ever in my life. Cause they never shared or some of them never shared just their, their own struggles, what they're going through, how they're dealing with it. And then my father's a pastor, my father shares everything, but I started to, to take to to more speakers and authors and pastors that would open up and just be straight up and say, listen, like I, I still deal with things. I've been through things. These are the hard things that I've been through, but this is how I got through it. And as much as we want perfection, we can't relate to perfection, right? We can relate to progression and that's what you share and that's what you're about. And I love that. I wanna ask you a question. This is a off the wall question. I don't know if you have ever been asked this, but I was in Seattle a few years ago. I was around a group of kids and it was kids that were dealing with recovery from drugs. I mean, 13, 14 year old kids. And we sat in this circle and it changed my life. And we asked, we, I won't say played a game, but we did this thing where we said, if you really knew me and we all shared something mm-hmm about ourselves. And these kids were sharing things. And I like when it got to me, it really taught me how to be transparent. People say, Trent, how are you so transparent? It was really that moment that says, man, I need to be more open and more transparent. So it could be something funny. It could be something silly. It could be whatever you want it to be. But if people really knew you, I know everybody, you're super open. So a lot of people know you, but if people really knew you, who would would they see?
1: They'd see someone who prays God use me every single day. Someone who really spent most of my life not believing in myself, mm. and the last few years really learning how to. And, you know, someone who is a real work in progress mm. <laughs> in so many areas, a real work in progress, learning really to listen to the calling God's put on my heart and to learn to trust it. Someone also, and maybe, maybe, maybe some of your community will relate to this, but like my whole life, I was someone who I thought, oh, I'm independent. Like, I don't need anyone else to show up for me. Like, I got this. Like, I don't want to count on anyone else. I was always a lone wolf. Yeah. I always thought, I don't, you know, I didn't even want to get married. My husband's probably gonna hear this and <laughs> be like, what? I didn't want to get married. It's like, I don't need a man. Like I was always this lone wolf, right?
0: Where do you think that came from? I'm just curious.
1: So here's where I realized it came from because Trent, I used to think it was a badge of honor. Like I prided myself in like I'm independent, you know, all yeah. that stuff. I realized for me, it came from a deep and I realized this by the way, through this 10-year journey of infertility, through not being able to carry a pregnancy, all of the stuff that, that that I went through and then then looking into adoption and surrogacy and eventually having our daughter wonder, I, on this on this journey. I realized that like for me saying, Oh, I'm a lone wolf. Oh, I got this. I don't need anyone else. It wasn't a badge of honor. Like I learned for me, it actually came from this deep seated fear that I'm not worthy of other people showing up for me. And when I realized that, and I had this huge kind of like epiphany that like, Oh, wait a minute. Um, Life isn't meant to do alone. (laughs) And like every one of us is worthy of asking someone else to show up for us the way we show up for them.
0: Right.
1: You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I had to learn. I'm still in, in the process by the way, or believing I should say that I'm worthy of my friends showing up for me the way I show up for them. I'm worthy of all those things. So, you know, you just did my live event Monday, Absolutely. right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Just keeping it really real. I was so nervous to say, Hey, Trent, <laughs> would you, would you like show up for me? You know for what I'm sure. saying? Like I, I, still, I still go to that place of like, oh, I'd rather just show up for everyone else, however I can or whatever. And I'm working like daily on overcoming some of that stuff and believing that, that I'm worthy of other people showing up for. And by the way, thank you for showing up for me. Oh You blessed a whole lot of people that day. No (laughs) problem. You blessed a whole lot of people.
0: And that's a big thing that stood out about you to me is your faith. And I'm going to pick up your book right now because it's it's a chapter that you have in your book. I was reading it and it, it really stuck with me. And it's a reflection of who you are and you speak openly about your faith. And that's something I do want to talk about because I know when we're in the industry, I know when I was, you know, on my book, you know, going to pitch my book to publishers and Outside the Christian publishers, they were like, hey, you can't talk about God. And I was like, well, I guess you're not my publisher. So I have to find somebody else. (laughs) So I know how hard that can be in a space, um, but you openly speak about that. So I do want to talk about that. But chapter 17, you say, believe in a power that's greater than you. And it says, self-made, question mark. I'm partly self-made, but I'm mostly God-made. How much has faith played a part in your life and continued to play a part in your life?
1: Yeah, I love that you called it out. I had a similar experience, by the way. Sometimes when we when we want to show up fully authentically, and and for some of us that means our faith. Like people don't want to hear it, and and I am um, chapter seventeen that you're talking about. I even had an experience in the journey of the book where not everyone wanted that chapter to stay in there. But I have learned this time and time again in life that like. Like authenticity alone doesn't guarantee success, but inauthenticity guarantees failure. Mm. And I'm like, if I'm going to do this book, it's going to be fully authentic. Like, and it may not be for everyone, but it's going to be the real story. Right. And that idea of self-made, I mean, I have t-shirts that say self-made. I think it makes me yeah. feel total badass. Like <laughs> I love that word. But at the end of the day, I'm only, part, and I believe this, I believe this about About every one of us, I, I, for me, and and even like when the big Forbes thing came out and all the self-made women's lists and all that stuff, like what I know to be true is I am only partly self-made. I'm mostly God made. Like I showed up, made the commitment to work harder than I ever thought possible and stayed in faith, but God did everything else. The open doors, the closed doors, the serendipitous connections, the grace beyond comprehension. I believe my connection with you is a serendipitous connection. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I, I believe that and and I stay in faith over that. And um, yeah, I share the journey in the book that honestly I was I'm I'm am worried, right? The book just came out this week and I am worried about how some of my <laughs> family is <laughs> gonna handle it and all that, because you know, uh I know, I know you're super open about with your dad being a pastor and everything else. For me, you know, I was raised going to church every Sunday. And I talk about this in the book, how literally nothing the pastor ever said. It never really resonated with me. I would spend all of church, like scanning the pews for cute boys, counting down the minutes till the sermon was done. Like I did not connect. And as I got older and older and started traveling more and meeting people of different faiths, people of no faith, of people that have, you know, just believed purely that, only in science, right? For what you can see and touch and feel for which faith is not required. And I went through a big season of God doubt in my life. So my book, I talk about like how I overcame self-doubt and body doubt, but I talk a lot about God doubt. And I just think in case someone else is going through it, I wanted to go there because I went through a season where I started just wondering, and this was many years, wondering like, And I would pray, I'd be praying, you know, for a friend's health or but then I would have this feeling like, is God even real? And I went through this season. And, you know, Trent, I was raised in families, I have multiple families. I now I learned I was adopted by surprise in my late 20s. And so I have like five, five families now, but I was raised in families that never went to therapy. And I went through this tough season um in my twenties where I went through some depression and started having panic attacks. And so on my own, I I started seeing a therapist. I had the blessing of being able to do that. I was waitressing at Denny's and I eventually worked in in TV news. And I was just struggling, wondering where I came from, because I had found out I was adopted. And then also, like, does God exist? And a therapist, I talk about this in the book. A therapist said something to me about faith that changed my life forever. So just to share it in case anyone needs to hear it today, um, I was telling her, like, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, doubting God exists, all these things. And she said to me, and I don't even know if she has any faith, by the way but she said to me, well, what makes you think God can't handle your doubt? And I'm like, what do you mean? And she said, if you think he created the whole universe, what makes you think he can't handle your doubt? She goes, why don't you try telling him you doubt him and ask him to prove you wrong? Mm. And I was like, huh? And, mm. <laughs> and it started this like multi-year thing where I mean, it, it did not happen overnight, but uh what I would do is like if I was praying for a a friend or whatever I was praying about at the end of my prayer, this is going to sound so elementary Trent, but you know what? I'll keep it real with you. I would literally end a prayer. And in my own head, I would be like, and by the way, God, uh, I'm doubting you exist. So if you could please show up and prove me wrong, I'd be super grateful in Jesus right. name. Amen. Like that would be how I would end my prayer. And I um, I share and believe it. How like so many things happened that literally all but and this took years. This wasn't like the next day, but things started happening. People started coming into my life that had said no for years to my business that literally said they were just, they they just felt like God was telling them to give me a shot in their store. Like stuff just started happening over and over and over. And I talk all about that, right? I literally know beyond a shadow of a doubt, (laughs) but God, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I want to ask you this because, you know, you were at Denny's and there's a lot of people out there right now, right? Listen to this podcast that, you know, I think when they when they hear, you know, where we're at now, you know, it's kind of like oh I can never do that or that's impossible. And you know they, they pick up on our chapter 38 or 39 and they don't realize exactly the place that we were in at our lowest and our rock bottom. But even with me, like when I lost my NFL career in 2010, when I was depressed, there was something still inside of me. And I feel like it was, you know, God's calling on my life that I ignored so long, but there was something inside of me. Um, I think you like to say um, your secret sauce, but it was something inside of me that, mm-hmm. that I just knew there was something more for my life. And I'm wondering, did you always have your secret sauce, right? I know businesses, during business, it might change for different things, but like that if factor, I call it your magnet, right? The thing that draws people into you. Mm-hmm. Did you always have that belief that something, there was something bigger, then, where your current situation was at?
1: Yeah, I always had it. Um, and I also still doubted it sometimes, mm. right? I always had this inkling, like I bet so many people uh, listening to us and watching us right now, like we kind of know deep down inside if we have something, like we feel like we have more to, to give or to create or to offer the world. But then, you know, I was most of my life, I still kind of doubted it. I, I remember being a little girl and I would sit in my living room and watch Oprah every single day. And I knew, and by the way, Trent, I remember, I remember this moment I was nine years old and she got interviewed by Barbara Walters and Oprah said to Barbara Walters, Oprah says, I always knew I was destined for greatness. Mm. And I remember when she said that, I remember as a nine-year-old little girl going, I feel like, like, I got, like, I got it right away. I'm like, I feel that, I feel that. And then I remember, I don't know if if you'll remember this, but she took so, she had so much opposition come against her for saying that. Because I think at the time, people weren't used to like anyone, let alone a woman saying, I'm done. Like I always knew I was destined for greatness. Yeah, speaking confidence. And man, the opposition that came against her. But I remember being a little girl feeling that. I remember waitressing at Denny's and I, and here's the thing is like, I remember serving the pancakes. I remember it's so funny how I believe everything we go through is setting us up for what's to come, even when we don't know why am I here and is this making sense? And am I, am I where I am supposed to be? Like, I remember the, the, the Denny's I worked at the pancakes would always take like close to an hour to come out they had major operational problems going on in the kitchen. So people would leave and I get no tip, yeah. I get no tip. And I was like, even in that moment, I didn't know that I was learning, oh, you better get your operations right, your back end right. If you ever gonna, if you're gonna have a business one day, you better, if you're gonna tell customers you're getting pancakes, they better come out of the kitchen on time. Yeah. <laughs> like all those things, right? And it was like, I didn't know when I was sitting there waitressing at Denny's, having people leave and not give me a tip. I didn't realize I was learning operations. And that one day when I start my own dream in my living room, I would know, oh, if you don't get the shipping right, if you don't get the, like, it's a big deal. If you don't like, right. And so I think that just when we're in those, when we're in those seasons, we don't always see why we're there or what God has in store for us. But I really think like our steps are ordered sometimes, even when it doesn't make sense, right? Do you feel that way about, about just your journey and about you know playing in the NFL compared to doing what you're doing now, just like how it set you up for everything?
0: Absolutely. You know, I have this quote that I've been saying for years and it explains it perfectly. I say, God will allow you to go through places you don't understand just to bring you to the place where he needs you to be. And you'll never be able mm-hmm. to connect the dots moving forward. It's only when you look back. And so I realized that, what I thought was my life was just a part of my life. What I thought was my story was just a chapter in it. And it's hard; it's very hard to to mm-hmm. trust God because we try to understand what He's doing, and when we try to understand, oftentimes we'll never understand. And so I just learned, even through the journeys of now, just trust Him. Just trust, trust this because it's all building me. So, absolutely. And I'm really big on like holistic success, right? I don't want to say the word easy because I don't want to undermine. But I always tell people, like, as far as the external success that people see, you know, whether it's making a certain amount of money, whether it's being a motivational speaker, NFL player, that's a part of success. But there's a whole other part of success um, that I like to call the trilogy to excellence. And that is mental success, physical success, and spiritual success. And you talk about this in your book, actually, the same chapter. And I definitely want to ask you about this. And I'm probably paraphrasing it, but you said, actually, let me open up so I can get the exact quote of this because I don't want to mess this up because it was so awesome. So you said, I've been a CEO of a billion dollar company and I'm a mom. Being a mom is harder. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and trust
0: me, I feel you. Definitely I, I, you know, I'm, I, I don't yeah. feel you being a mother, but I feel you being a father, uh, being, with me being a father with three kids and And I don't want to tell all you, you know, if you don't have kids, it isn't hard. I'm not saying that, but it's just a whole different responsibility. You know, when Tristan was born 12 years ago, he changed my life. So I'm like, I am now responsible for another human being, like directly, like his thoughts, how he operates until he can make his own decisions. So it's a lot. And then dealing with a business and trying to find balance and everything like that. Let's talk about that for a minute. So what did you, when you were writing that, what was your frame of mind and what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's so much harder and I had no idea. And by the way, in the in the in the years of building my company, I thought I got it, right? I had because we built to over a thousand employees in the business I started in my living room, right? For for the first three years, I heard no from everyone, couldn't afford to hire anybody, had to figure out how to do all the jobs myself. I didn't know what I was doing. But by the time we started building a team, we got to over a thousand employees. And I would hear from all my, you know, team members who were going on maternity leave or having challenges at home with their kids. Like I would hear all about parenting. So I thought I got it and then I had no idea. I had no idea.
0: You don't know until you know what parenting, I mean, everybody's experience yeah. is different.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and I think the big thing is realizing, oh, if I don't fix my own stuff, mm. like internally, mm. I'm about to have another generation that carries that same stuff. That was really big for me. Right. And, and something that I live in, I don't want to say the word fear. I hate, I hate saying I live in fear, but I, I am very mindful every single day of, Oh, wow. I just did something that I'm, I'm not happy. I grew up around, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, So many things. I I grew up with parents that worked really, really hard. Neither of my parents ever went to school. Like they worked really, 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 really hard, but they weren't ever there when I had a a gymnastics practice or they weren't like, they worked so much work was their number one priority. And like all the other parents be watching, my parents weren't ever there. They were always working. And so I kind of like learned this. uh, I didn't know this till later in life, but I started like trying to achieve something because when I would achieve something big, they would show up. And I kind of started to learn to equate that with love. And anyways, all of a sudden I find myself now launching my dream, creating this business, working 100 hour weeks for years, not protecting my peace, by the way, Trent Shelton, not protecting my peace, all these things I've done wrong, which I, I talk about them really openly now and on things I wish I had done differently. But even, even now, every single day, I realize there's things that I need to work on in myself and heal from and change so that I don't repeat them in my kids. Even now, after after selling my company for a billion dollars, which how crazy is that? I still sometimes would rather work (laughs) than like be present, right? And, And work addiction or busyness is an addiction like anything else. It numbs us, it separates us from ourselves. It's just all the stuff that I realize, oh wow. Being a good human being, loving everyone else, having a servant's heart, all that is is how to live life. But then when parenting comes into the mix, you realize, oh, you've got to figure out your own stuff. Absolutely. So that you don't pass it down to them. Have you had Absolute, that experience too at all?
0: A thousand percent. And what's interesting is that yeah. mine is almost the opposite. So my parents have been there, like my dad and my mom, like every game. I don't care where I played at. They were there mm-hmm. supporting. I mean, even to this day, like my mom is obviously sick right now. But even to this day, she would call and like, oh, are you OK? I need to do this. And like even my father. So it put a positive pressure on me. to, And I always think about, dang, like I I need to make sure I add up to how my parents were to me. You know, I want to make sure that I'm there at every game. I want to make sure I'm there at every practice. And so I have conflictions at times, you know, um, when I'm traveling, I'm like, dang, I want to be there. And I even remember my dad, he, he works at UPS to this day. But I remember when he had um special assignment and before we moved to Texas, we live in Louisiana. So he he had to come here to work and I would cry. I still remember to this day, I would cry uh, watching the airplane leave. And that always sits with me. And my dad has been super present, still present. But even those small moments, I'm like, dang, I wish my dad was at this game because I'm so used to him being there. So it put a a positive pressure because I said I like it because it keeps me accountable. But I'm always thinking about every single day is a seed that I'm planting right in my kids. Right, how I operate, how I respond, how I deal with stress. You know, how I show up for my life, how I show up for my dreams. I want to be the person in my family if we look at generations as like a relay race, right, you know, sometimes, you know, our parents gave us the baton behind, you know, cause they didn't do their part. Sometimes our parents mm-hmm. give us the baton ahead, but I'm always thinking, I want to do my part to further the generation. I want to do my part mm-hmm. to give my kids the tools to build their future, because let's be real for a lot of adults, they spend the, their whole entire life trying to recover from their childhood because their parents gave them broken tools to try to build their future, so it's a lot of positive pressure. I mean, it's one of my greatest honors, and that's why when I read that about it, I'm like, I understand what you're saying. And mm. there's people out there that are listening, like, man, I'm trying to build a business, but I'm a parent. I, you know, I'm a single mom, or you know, I'm a stay at home mom, and I see it all the time. Or I'm a stay at home father. How do I do it? And so I just want to ask you this question. I don't know if you believe in the word balance. I have my own theory around it, mm-hmm. but how do you? Find the balance, or are the best balance you can to juggle those two, from being a mom, yeah. you know, a wife, entrepreneur, serving all these titles that you have. How do you find balance to be able to protect your peace and your sanity?
1: Yeah, I mean, for a long time, you know, I always would hear balance, balance, and and I realized, you know, I talk in the book a little bit about this that I I think balance in terms of everything being equal is this big lie that a lot of us put on ourselves and then we feel like we're failing at at all the areas and I think that you know like I would go through seasons and this was as as a new mom where I would finally get away to shower (laughs) and like take a bath drink and then I would feel guilty while I I was like oh I'm not or I you know writing the book even writing the book I'm like oh because this was two years of work right and and I would think oh but I'm, I should be with my kids or, you know, then I would be with my kids and I'm like, oh, checking my phone for all the stuff going on. And I realized like I was feeling like I was failing at everything all the time. And I had to really shift my mind and shift my perspective around uh, being like intentional and being present in whatever it was I was doing and kind of being all in, right? So when I'm with my daughter, I really want to look at my phone sometimes and I really want to see what's going on with the publisher, this, whatever. Right. But it's like, if I, I know if I do that, I'm going to miss out on life. First of all, (laughs) I'm going to miss out on feeling alive, connecting with her. I'll regret it one day. Uh, But I'll also feel like I'm failing in that moment. And so, you know, one thing I've been trying to get good about is going, Oh, how do I want to spend my time? Right. And being intentional about it, like, Oh, I want to spend 30 minutes, you know, doing self care or meditation or whatever it might be. So I'm going to commit to that 30 minutes of not thinking about all the other stuff I should be doing right now, or all the other people that need me or the ways I'm not showing up for this or that or the other. And just really, you know, I'm getting better at what you, because here's the thing. In this book, I talk about a lot of the stuff I did right and a lot of the stuff I did wrong. And one of the millions of things I have so much admiration for you, Trent, about is how dedicated you are to protecting your yeah. peace and to taking care of, you know, uh, to that the idea that when we're strong and when we're full, we, we can give strength right. to everyone That's else, right. right? And, you know, I lived for 10 years in a state of burnout. Like, because the first three years of, of building my business, everyone said, no, everyone said it; they didn't believe in what we were doing. It was so much rejection for three years that by the time some of those people that said no said yes, I almost couldn't believe it was happening. Like, and I felt like, oh, I've got to strike while the iron's hot because all of a sudden Sephora said yes. Or all of a sudden these big department stores said yes, or QVC. And I'm like, oh my gosh it was this journey of almost imposter syndrome where i was like i don't even believe this is happening or that i'm worthy of it or so then i i was like i've got to strike while the iron's hot and i lived like that and did 100-hour weeks for almost a decade and i put so much pressure on myself to get to the point where i was like oh wait no i am worthy of 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 things going well yeah. <laughs> i am worthy of like you know what i mean like Absolutely. and, and I pray to this day that it didn't destroy my health. I pray like the price that I paid for not protecting my peace. I mean, I built a company really well and I did some other things really well, but I was not a great owner of a body. I wasn't a great, you know, steward of awesome friendships and family relationships. And, and I, I look back now and I, I want to do those things differently. Right. Which is, I think, I think being a lifelong student and a constant work in progress is, and being really real about it, I think is really important. But the idea of protecting your peace is so powerful and so foundational and something that I think is, is so brilliant that you're putting that out in the world and you're showing it. Like whether it's you with you with no shirt on lifting right. rocks out <laughs> in the middle of nature yeah. or you know whatever it, whatever it looks like that day, yeah. it's so good because people can implement that in their life right now. And it's so important. It's one of the things I did wrong big time that I'm working on doing right going forward.
0: I always say nature heals and it's just something about nature. I was actually listening listening to a book Today, I don't remember the name. It's on Blinkist and I was just letting it play. We it's talking about how, you know, just as humans, we're just connected to nature. And that's why it makes us feel alive. And even with God, you would see God and mm. Christ go to the mountains to, to pray, to get away. And I always think about that because anytime I'm on a mountain or just, we don't have really mountains in Texas, but any big hill out here, um, I just feel connected because it's like, just for that moment, nothing outside the trails exists. And I'm able to just listen to the, the dialogue that I'm telling myself, right? I'm able to mm-hmm. uh, really listen to my soul and what is my soul telling me? And one of the things that I did like with protecting my peace, the reason I came up with it because I wasn't. Like I was saying yes to everything. I was moving everything. I was mm-hmm. burning out. And 2016 mm-hmm. or 15, I just got finished doing, um, so I did my own tour. I did it for like three years where we go city to city and like backpack it pretty much. And I remember it's after San Francisco and I remember being right over there by where you can see the Bay Bridge. And I remember breaking down, like literally crying, breaking down. And I Mm. I don't know if you ever felt like this, but it even breaks my heart to say this, I felt cursed for God's gift that God gave me. So with rehab Mm. time being a speaker, it was a point when I would speak on stage, but I was going through so much, I would speak life, but then I was dying inside and I would go backstage and cry. Mm. And I realized it's because I wasn't protecting my peace. And so at that moment, I made a decision to say, you know what, I'm gonna protect my peace. I got off of social media for a month, which at that time was like, people thought I was dead. <laughs> I got off of social media for a month and I made a decision at that moment to say, you know what, I'm gonna prioritize peace. That's gonna be the top priority in my life. And I probably lose out on some things, you know, but I just say, you know, maybe certain things aren't worth it if it's costing me stress, if it's costing me, you know, headaches, if it's costing me not to be the best father or husband I could be for my kids. And so peace makes the decision for me. If I feel like it's gonna take away from it, I'm like, no, no matter how good the opportunity may be. So I'm glad that um you shared that because people need to hear it. You you sold your company for a billion dollars. And I asked you this in Puerto Rico. I don't know if you remember. It was like after the after we ate and I pulled you to the side and I said, um, like what changed in your life when that happened? Was it you know the ex because it's people listening to this right now thinking, okay, when I get mindset, when I get the money, when I get the relationship, when I get the title, then everything will be okay. And so obviously with that type of money and that being that successful, what changed? Was it everything that you hoped it would be? Did it change you? Did it mm-hmm. change people around you? Like, what would you share to that, to the people that's out there waiting? Like, when I get this, I'll be yeah. X, Y, Z. I
1: mean, for one, I can buy more Trent Shelton yeah. books. <laughs> so that's the first thing. Um, No, this is a big thing. And this is a lesson that I've heard people say this. And then I had the blessing of living it, that (laughs) getting the thing, whatever the thing is, right? Whether it's the car or the yes from someone who keeps saying no to you or the selling your company or, or whatever. Someone said it so beautifully. They said, wherever you end up going, whatever you get, whenever you get there, you still take you with you, wow. right? And so if you don't figure out you, you're going to get at that thing, but you still take you with you. And so you think, oh, this is going to solve all my problems. And listen, stuff stuff gets easier and stuff gets harder with everything we get, right? Stuff gets easier. because You have become one of the most well-known speakers in the world. You inspire millions of people, but you, even you're saying with that now comes more responsibility more yeah. all the things right with anything we finally get yeah some stuff is amazing and then the other stuff gets harder and but the big thing is we take you you take you with you and so from that perspective nothing changes right and that's why i think it's it's the the victory is never the outcome the victory is never uh, oh, I sold my business for all this money or this or that. That's not the victory. Like the victory is getting you right, right? right? And 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 living authentically, learning to hear your own inner knowing, making the decision to trust it because so many people don't hear their own gut. They don't trust it. They don't hear God. They don't hear who they are. And they end up talking themselves out of their own truth because they listen to everyone mm. else and uh, all the stuff going on around. I think the true victory is, is, is learning to hear yourself learning to trust yourself, (laughs) Mm. right? And then stepping into all of who you are. Because then you take you with you wherever you go. And when you're all of who you are, whether you get this or you don't get this, you're still all of who you are and the person you're born to be. That's the victory. Mm. That's the victory. And I know I'm nowhere near that victory yet. I'm nowhere near that victory yet. I need to learn more to protect my peace. I need to learn more. Like, like I believe we're all on this earth not to compete with anyone else. I believe we're on this earth to compete with the person God made us capable of becoming. Mm. I know I'm still becoming that person. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? So for me, yeah, yeah. You take you cool. with you.
0: <laughs> that is powerful. And Jamie, I appreciate you so much, man. Like, I want to make sure we highlight your book because people need this book. Where can people get it? I'm Well, I know they can get it everywhere, but- or why does somebody need believe it or who's it for?
1: Yeah, I mean, at the heart and soul of it, it's really like anybody who really has that feeling deep down inside, like that that they're made for more, but still doubts it. It's really a book about how I overcame self-doubt. And and I hope I hope it's a, a blessing for everyone else on their own journey of, of learning how to do that, learning how to go from not believing themselves to believing in themselves. And yeah. And, you know, you can grab it anywhere, anywhere books are sold. And I know a lot of times authors will do like study guides with it. They sell the study guides and I wrote one for free just because I want to make sure everyone who does grab the book can implement all the lessons from it into their real life. So there's a 95 page action plan that I wrote that's free on believeit.com. So if anyone wants to grab that too, but yeah, I am. and 100, by the way, 100% of the proceeds, I'm donating 100% of the proceeds uh, from the book to Feeding America wow. um, and Together Rising. So I'm really just doing it, Trent, because I think like literally, you know this, we're all in this together. <laughs> we are all in this together. And I, I feel like when we have these real conversations too, it's how we all sort of um, level up and step into all of who we are, as I said earlier, right? It's it, One step at a time. So I'm grateful for you. I appreciate you. What? Um, thank you so much all that you do publicly (laughs) and behind the scenes you 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 live your truth and i'm so blessed to know you thank
0: you jamie i appreciate you i appreciate you for being who you are being a rare breed and for being straight up like that's what i love about this podcast it's a safe place where people can just be straight up and you're straight up today and you impacted so many lives i know it so make sure y'all go get the book get three get four get five of them do you have an audio book with it
1: yes get the audio book also
0: all of that share it Mm -hmm. And make sure you follow Jamie. Jamie, drop your uh, social handles right quick for us.
1: Yeah, so I'm uh, mostly on Instagram, Facebook too, but mostly on Instagram at Jamie Karalima. So J-A-M-I-E-K-E-R-N-L-I-M-A.
0: Thank you, Jamie. Keep making the world respect your greatness. This has been another episode of Straight Up Podcast. But like we always tell you, it all starts with you. Let's get it straight up. Straight Up It's hosted and recorded by me, Trent Shelton. The episodes are produced by Chelsea Harfouche and mixed and edited by Andrew Weller. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Straight Up with Trent Shelton is a production of The Hollis Company. The world's number one, I didn't say two, three, four, number one self improvement system. Growth Day, what it does is it helps you track proven habits that lead to long term success, not that short stuff, long term, lasting change, well being, and positive relationships. And check this out you can get a free trial right now at growthday.com. What you measure, you can change. The reason people love Growth Day is that you can score your habits every day, week, month. And when you do, You get targeted classes to improve those habits. When you sign up today, you also get Growth Day's mindset journal, wellness challenges, and in-depth personal development courses from the industry's biggest names. And don't forget, I teach live every single month in Growth Day too. You got that right. Yes, every single month, I teach a new personal growth topic to help you advance your life. Download Growth Day from the app store on your phone, or start your free trial right now at growthday.com. Let's get it. Hey, y'all, what's up? I'm super excited to share this with y'all. I need like a drum roll. I need like a band. But listen, this podcast, the straight-up podcast, is now a part of the Growth Day Network. I told y'all, maybe we turn it up this year. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world, purpose to the world, impact to the world, and to support shows and brands we believe in. That's why I'm a part of Growth Day. It's all about purpose. It's all about power. It's all about impact. And guess what? One of my friends, one of my homies is on this network also, and I need you to go subscribe to their show, The Boss Bay Podcast. I'm sure you already heard of it, but if you haven't, here you go. Natalie and Danielle are amazing. Their interviews are amazing. Their strategies are amazing. If you're about that growth life, The Boss Bay Podcast will grow your life, like straight up. I know you're going to love them. I know you're going to love the show. Go check it out. Go subscribe today and you will not regret it. Let's get it.